For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Welcome into DC On Screen, a podcast about the DC Universe properties being brought to film and television. I am your host, David C. Robertson, and this, the man who brought real terror to Gotham City, Jason. Hello. So, howdy guys. Um, We are going to do a news episode, and we're also going to have, we don't have a whole lot of news, so we're going to do a bunch of fan feedback that we haven't done, because we suck. Yeah, because we're terrible people. (laughs) I have nothing. I have no excuse. Well, I have an excuse. It We've had a lot of... We released four episodes last week. Yeah, it's four opportunities to have done our damn job that we didn't do. <laughs> um, we get we get no quarter in my mind. We failed. We failed this podcast. Fair enough. Fair enough. We, we failed this podcast. Oh, but it actually let, does. Let it works out well. Again. It works out well for a, a news episode where we don't have a lot of news. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. I mean, there were a couple of big things this week, but it, it wasn't just the smattering. I mean, sometimes it's been like a bukkake film of news. Or it, this is see, this is not one of those. I didn't see anything really incredibly big. If if you did, you know, feel free to slip that right in. But yeah, we'll see. Um, we're gonna start out. Uh, by the way, today, um, actually, maybe it was yesterday. I guess it was technically yesterday. Maybe it's today. I don't really know. I think it's today, but, uh, but it'll be irrelevant. Is by it the today? Time this is released because. Yeah, it'll be irrelevant, but, you know, happy belated Batman Day. To everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean. My, uh, my big Batman thing that I'm doing on Batman Day is recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. During which, well, inevitably, we will say Batman several times. So, so but to be fair, I mean, uh, for people like us, every day is Batman Day. Sure. I, I, don't, I don't know that, I don't remember the day, the last day, or the first day. Where I didn't think about Batman at some point during that 24 hours. Yeah, I know. So, uh, September 25th, mm-hmm. by the way, was Mark Hamill's 64th birthday. Mark Hamill, of course, the longest standing and, some would argue, most beloved Joker of all time. Mm-hmm. As well as the trickster on the 90s Flash series. The trickster on the Justice League. The trickster in the Lego movie. Basically anywhere there's ever been a trickster. And, uh, you know, Sinestro and... God, he's had a lot of contributions to the. I mean, he was in the. He was Joker in the Arkham Knight games. I mean, yeah, come on, he's everywhere. Mark Hamill. He's just everywhere. Mark Hamill. So happy damn birthday, dude! Yeah, the bringer we're of happy, great we're joy. We're happy you're here. We are happy you are here. Mm-hmm. Keep doing so Ed, what you're doing. <laughs> I may not watch a Star Wars movie. We'll see. Uh, I'll watch it. I probably will. So yeah. So Ed Boone has teased that Injustice Two. Mm-hmm is going to coincide, the release is going to coincide with Batman vs. Superman. And though we have no official report, rumors mm-hmm. would have us believe that we're going to get we're going to get Captain Adam, Vixen, and Black Canary in Injustice 2. Hmm. Well, that would be nice. Are they saying this is, you know, so so like March of coming year, we're getting Injustice 2? Uh, it looks like April. Okay, April. Yeah. That'll still be right in the middle of the, uh, the heart of that uh, promotional wave. But, um... Oh yeah, God, that good stuff though. Uh, I don't know if we ever mentioned Injustice: Gods Among Us. Um, we have. Injustice is one of those games that uh, Jason and I whiled away many hours playing. Yes, of course. And then got every <laughs> DLC that was available because I mean, it was the DLCs were shit like Martian Manhunter. How you know? Fuck you, take my money. Yeah, yeah. Lobo. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Batgirl. Um, yeah, that's that's happening. It was actually weirdly overpowered there for a second. Oh, Hawk Girl was the one who was just weirdly overpowered for a second. Um, no, no, it was a, uh, it was Batgirl. Was it Batgirl? Uh. It was Batgirl. She was ridiculous. <laughs> that she was, and got every change of costume. There were neat, there were neat subplots to the uh, the movie, by the way. And like, uh, we oh, we have mentioned it because Green Arrow was uh, played by Alan Tudyk in the narrative yep. of the actual game. Which, by the way, is a fantastic story. Um, yeah. Even the actual comics that came out, I lost track of them. I, uh, I stopped reading them for a sec after a little while. But actually pretty damn good. Um, they were a lot of fun because they dealt with the, the, the major premise was, you know, what would happen if the Joker tricked, you know, Superman into killing Lois? Well, mm-hmm. the answer is the world pretty much comes to a standstill. So, um, fun game. Lots of hours really wasted. Fun. And I imagine Injustice 2 will be about the same amount of hours wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, that's going to have to, that's going to have to go on the shelf. Oh yeah. Now, <clears throat> speaking Hopefully of the narrative uh, will be just as good this time. Oh, I mean, I hope so. I mean, they're still doing the comic. Yeah. I mean, and so. I, I, like I said, I lost track of where it's going in the comics now. I guess I'll go back and figure that out. But, um, yeah, they'll, they'll likely coincide. It'll probably be a lot of fun. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Now, um, you know, there's been a lot of rumors about Man of Steel 2. We actually now finally have definitive word that Man of Steel 2 is happening. Zack Snyder says that Man of Steel 2 is happening. It's called Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's full circle. That's what he told us the first time. It was originally called Man of Steel 2, just as a working title. And then that became Batman vs. Superman, and everyone thought this was a different movie. No, it was nev- nothing ever changed. We all got yeah. confused. Well, the internet do lie. The internet do lie. Well, they don't mean to sometimes. Short of the yeah, trolls. They mean to. <laughs> Is that short of the Quick trolls? bait bastards. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jason Momoa was asked mm-hmm. if, uh, well, he was asked about the, the Aquaman costume, and he says there might be some, some bit of orange and green, um, a bit of respect for prior work, but Aquaman is meaner now and upset. Look at what he's done to our, uh, or look at what has been done to our oceans. That's what his, uh, sorry, that's his world that's been polluted. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he's referring to um, what happened in Man of Steel with the world engines, or if this is going to take on more of a Star Trek for the Voyage home. It felt more like that one. Tone, yeah. It it felt like it's going to be just an, an over... Uh, how to put this, uh, working on the basis of the general acceptance that the oceans have been damaged by humanity in the last uh, few hundred years. Well, I, I mean, I guess in Man of Steel there was, what, an, an oil fire? <laughs> you know, a little, got a little Exxon Valdez yeah. there for a second, but, um, yeah. well. So, I mean, I you know, I won't lie. I could, I mean, I figured Aquaman would go this route to some degree. I don't uh, see how he couldn't. It would be... But, it's know. such a touchy topic, too. If he didn't do it, if he didn't mention uh, pollution at all, a whole portion of humanity would freak out. And if he mentions it and goes too far with it, another whole portion of humanity is going to freak out. Yeah, um, I would love a I would love a scene where he just kind of comes up onto land, looks around at all the litter, and goes, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> just, oh, at least it's worse up here, assholes. Right. Um... But, you know, at the same time, I don't want an entire movie that's based on Save the Whales. Uh, no. No, I mean, there are many, uh, many a platform and many an environment where I'm happy to go watch that movie. Um, this isn't necessarily one of them. I, uh, yeah. I think I've said this before. I don't want that many. I really don't want politics in these movies. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah, social change of any kind. I, it's not. Uh-uh. Now, uh, the, only, the only way I would want it. I don't mind politics, and I don't mind any kind of social, you know, message or anything. But my main concern is that the characters are being done justice, that they're being done well, and that those characters would have that stance. And I believe Aquaman would have that stance. He, he actually would. See, in the this, comics. This is why you so, can take it pretty far in that direction, and I, mm-hmm. I think you can get right between. But we'll see. Now, mm-hmm. moving on, Jesse Eisenberg, with his nose planted firmly in the air, mm-hmm. has claimed that even people who don't normally go see superhero movies will enjoy Batman v Superman, saying it has sophisticated and important themes. Okay. I'm 
missing the part where most of the superhero movies apparently don't have sophisticated and important themes because I'm pretty sure most of the Marvel movies I've seen have. Yeah, that's the part where I get a little confused. Well, I mean, the Marvel movies don't like, they don't make a a point of it, I guess. They're they're all beat you up the head with it, but it's there. No, and a lot of the, um, they've taken largely from the Whedon camp with how they've done the Marvel movies. A lot of the major themes are emotional character uh, interplay. There hasn't mm-hmm. been a lot of, uh, you know, allegory, which w- what we're looking for in BBS is kind of pretty much that, right? Um, we don't know which oh, yeah. one's the unbreakable object and which one's the unstoppable force, but uh, a movable object, unstoppable, that one. Yeah. Um, we don't know which one's which yet, but I'm sure they're playing with it. And yeah, it does look like it's pretty sophisticated because it's taken itself very seriously, but mm-hmm. I also wonder how many of these movies Jesse's seen. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, maybe I just, from the trailers, missed out on the sophisticated and important nature of American Ultra. I was too busy going, grappling hook, yay! <laughs> if it happened in the BVS trailer so far, it's just, it, you know, the the kid inside me was yelling too loud. Now, uh, Michael Uslan is coming out and saying that Batman fans can expect big news mm-hmm. at the New York Comic Con, which is October 8th through the 11th. So I think we're going to have some big news segments coming up, man. Which, okay. Now, which uh, which Batman is he referring to at that point? We're talking about ba- well, uh, Batfleck, right? He's the, yeah, he's the film, like he owns the film rights to the, uh, the Batman franchise. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, I mean. That's about the right time frame, too. Um. What was it? Three, uh, three, four weeks ago, they we started hearing three films. Um, actually, tell me if I'm wrong about this. Just before they started saying we're going to do three films, a few weeks before that, they had already said uh, we're going to give Affleck writing and direction. Um, he's he's going to write and direct his own Batman too. Mm-hmm. They had already said standalone. Let Affleck handle it. Um, Argo this shit up, buddy. And then right. just at like a few weeks and after, apparently everyone you just got a giant bat boner and started shoveling money at him, mm-hmm. um, which is exactly what I do. I, no judgment here. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to stop yeah. anybody. Give him a fourth. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's about right for the timing. Is uh, that's what we can expect on October eighth through tenth. Somewhere in there is real information about those movies. Mm-hmm. That's. Uh, I'm calling that one. Now moving over. Moving on over to. Uh, Television news. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark uh, Mark Guggenheim on the 24th. He turned 45, so happy birthday to Mark. Oh, happy birthday. Um, so uh, here's some news about Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And keeping with our mandate of not being able to pronounce a damn name, mm-hmm. uh, Stephanie Corneliuson, I guess, of Mr. Robot will be coming over to Legends of Tomorrow. She's going to be playing uh, the Soviet physicist Valentina Vostok. Uh, hmm. or as in the comics, known as Negative Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's In the show, she's going to be a Soviet physicist during the Cold War um, who will apparently, quote, stop at nothing to defend her precious motherland. She was... Um, Soviets were very, actually, very big on that, apparently, if I'm to believe media. Hmm? If I'm to believe the media, like every Soviet that ever entered yeah. or put on a lab coat will die for that nation. Yeah, but it looks like she's going to be working for uh, Vandal Savage. What? That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Ray Palmer and Captain Cold are going to try to win her trust and then try to figure out where her loyalties really lie. Um, Peter Francis James has been cast as uh, Dr. Aldous Boardman on T- Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be a uh, classics professor at uh, St. Saint- Roche, I guess, University. Oh, we're, um, we're expanding our mispronunciations to institutions now. Yep. All right. Is that how you is that how you pronounce it? I have no idea. Okay. We, well, <laughs> we have we're terrible at this. We you take your best shot, man. I'm, I'm not going to do better. I don't know. There we go. Um, yes. He's devoted his life to uh researching Shaira or Hawk Girl mm-hmm. and uh Prince Khufu, Hawkman, and their link to to Vandal Savage. Um <laughs> says that he is their he is the team's only hope of finding Vandal Savage, but he might have a secret, and they're going to insist on taking him on the journey. 
only to learn the kind of sacrifice it will take to save the world. That sounds like this dude's going to die real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, wasn't it supposed to be with uh, Hulk Girl? We didn't get, we haven't gotten anything definite about her origin. I think they were going to explore that. Nope. And was it, it's going to be Flash that starts her up? I think so. I think so, yeah. But Hawkman was going to start up on Arrow. Is that correct? No, no I think no, Hawkman might. Hawkman might be on Flash, yeah, or he were... might just show up on Legends of Tomorrow and Hawk Girl. Well, they said they were going to see him. They haven't somewhere. been very. I think it is Flash though. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's uncertain at this time. Um, but what something they'd actually said about Hawkman's origin was he was going to be. It, it's it's going to have to do with a uh, with with some sort of uh, artifact he finds. Horus. Well, it's going to have to do with Horus, the Egyptian god. Right. I thought it was an artifact kind of situation, and there was a doctor involved. So that's what I'm wondering if this is. Yeah, probably. This guys are in there. It yeah. sounded like he kind of runs I mean, Indiana think, Jones and comes away with well, some cool the Saint, swag. The, the St. Roche University is where um, Carter Carter Hall worked in the comics. So, right. Yeah. Well, it'll probably be an artifact. Some sort of magic shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're, obviously, we're going there. There's going to be magic, mysticism. If, yeah, if they go along with the comics, um, in season two of Legends of Tomorrow, Hawkman's, Hawkman and Hawkgirl's uh, origins will be completely different than they were in season one. <laughs> and then in season three, it'll just go real way out the, the you know side door, batshit crazy, space cop style. <clears throat> That's what I was hoping for the entire time. Space I know. cop stuff. I, know. <laughs> I don't think they can That's afford the, space cop though. Are they just the only version of it that ever made sense? That was the only version of it that ever made sense to me. I, I hated the Egyptian god shit. I was just like, no, space no, cop. I'm good with that. Space cop. Space cop. That. Yeah, I mean, Space, Space Cop. Cop's better. And you already have, you know, Teth in them. <laughs> like, you, you've already got an entire right. Shazam history that you can go back to Egypt with, so why not uh-huh. spread the love? Uh-huh. Look, man, if you want to bring in, say that, the, you know, there's there's been untold number of, of stories about how the ancient Egyptians may have been visited by, you know, extraterrestrials, and that's mm-hmm. how they did the things they did. Just make them the Thanagarians. It, easy peasy, man. Over. Yep, I could do so, it. So, um, it, but I've never really resented it because I, I do. I have like a soft spot in my, uh, in my heart for the the Egyptian, uh, the, the 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 mythology there. I don't know. I've always like really enjoyed the Isis Osiris kind of story. Mm. So no matter how many people they've shoved in there, I've always thought it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's my fault. I acknowledge that. To some degree, I, I've always felt about those things the same as I have felt about um, Rachel Ghoul. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, eh. bad. Uh, it just gets it gets real tedious real quick for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. That's what happens when you go too far into Greek mythology for me. I just it it turns into a maelstrom of bestiality and. Yeah, exactly. That's the same. It's the same way I feel about Wonder Woman's heritage. I'm just like, I, I don't care. Who I don't care, what Hippolyta. Now? Why does the wait? Who's the pretty one? Okay, so she gave her beauty. Okay, but she's the pretty mm-hmm. one too. Mm-hmm. Okay, why is that one a swan? Who's the redhead? Oh, that's Artemis. Okay, cool. Okay, so she's the pretty one. No, that's the other. Damn it. Who who gave her the sword? No one. Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah, so um, if you'll recall last week, um, Mark Guggenheim posted a picture of a Newstime magazine with platinum on the cover. Um, they thought that this might be an indication or, or a hint that the uh, metal men would show up in Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But Guggenheim is saying, nope, it's just, a, uh, it's just an Easter egg for the fictional magazine Newstime, which is in the DC Universe. Nah. It has nothing to do with the metal men. So everyone, cool your uh, fanboy boners. Metal mm-hmm. men is probably not happening. That's okay. I, you know, Gods and Monsters just did a pretty good, good job with them. I'm good for a minute. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Stephen Amell on Arrow, mm-hmm. he is saying on the Arrow flashbacks, he says, I'll tell you the flashbacks are probably one of the more secretive aspects of the season so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a whole lot I can talk about uh, with respect to the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I will say that Amanda Waller will be making an appearance in 401. Um, so that's a bit of new information. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping that the, the flashbacks will be a little more interesting this year. And, um, based on that, they, did I, who was it somewhere? Someone said that it, it wasn't Russia. I, I didn't see that. I, uh, I'm sorry. I wish I had a citation on this one. I briefly ran across what I thought was someone saying it's not going to be Russia. You know, it, the internet's kind of wrong about that. 
Hmm. You I don't know. Wondering, I haven't seen but it. that's as far as I was willing to go with it because I'm. I, I just I distrust all information at this stage. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we're we're a few days from the premiere of the season. They're gonna throw anything against the wall they can, just to mm. mess with you. Yep. It doesn't matter what you think might happen. As long as you get there and watch the first episode, you're likely to watch the second episode and so on. So <laughs> they don't really care how you got it dragged in. So uh, Stephen Amell released a picture of himself and Grant Gustin in suits with the caption, game-changing scenes are fun. Mm-hmm. You, uh, I went with, I'm, what do you think? I'm going funeral. I'm hoping funeral. That looked like funeral garb. I hope, I'm hoping funeral, but that didn't look like wedding garb, for one thing. No. No, there's it no color to it. It's all it's nearly, blacks, blacks and yeah. whites. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping his funeral. And they should be close to. They're probably filming like the mid-season, last couple of episodes of mid-season right now, right? Uh, I think they're in. They should be. I think in the they're teens. doing. Uh, hmm? They should be almost to the teens, like somewhere in the ten, eleven area. No, I think they're they're wrapping up like episode seven. Only seven. Yep. Oh. Yep. Whale. Um. Actually, I think they're about to shoot episode. Yeah, I think they're about to shoot episode seven because uh, I didn't mention it. I wasn't going to mention it, but uh, Guggenheim posted a picture of the episode seven uh, script cover. Oh, okay. Hmm. Which is called Brotherhood. That should be good. So, yeah. Um, What do you bet that's a Diggle Bromance thing? What do you think? Probably so, yeah. I I would assume. That's going to be pretty. Oh, maybe it is actually about Diggle's brother. Maybe we're going to go back for Hive, finally. Talk about that. I did consider that as well, yeah. That'd be nice. Might be Andy. The what? Yeah, it might be Andy. Yeah. Andy Diggle. So, uh, did you see that... It'd be a welcome did you see? Did you see that um, Jim Gordon and Leslie Tompkins are going to have a kid? No, I didn't. Well, not on the show, anyway. But apparently... Uh, Marina Baccarin and Ben McKenzie are together, and they are ex- officially expecting their first child. I didn't know any of that. I know. I didn't either. Like, I apparently, like, the news that they were expecting their first child huh. together came out, at, like, they were like, oh, and by the way, they're dating. Like, huh. I haven't seen anything about that. That's kind of weird, isn't it? It is a little weird. I don't, I don't know why. Although that may ruin your dream of uh, her and Pertwee hooking up. <laughs> I, you know... Hey man, you got to do what you got to do for the show, but right, I mean they're all they're all professionals here, you know. They know they know they can hop over, but will they? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, all I can say is, I I mean they they got her in that lingerie in the first episode. I can't foresee a whole lot more of that happening now. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, gonna be hiding going baby. Be, did it say how far along she was? Because that is going to affect filming and and how the story goes this year a little bit. Well, I don't know if they've been dating for a while. You know, a lot of couples don't announce it for a while and then. Because they want to be sure, and yeah, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe she's kind of far along. Who knows? That'd be fine. It might. The bulk I, of it may, and I do mean the bulk of it may actually happen, uh, you know, second half of the season. So, yeah, I mean, we've I mean, seen this done before. But I wouldn't. It never fools me. I really wouldn't mind if they actually like brought a kid into that situation in the show. Just it'd be kind of fun, just wouldn't use it? Use it. It'd be kind of fun. There's your James Gordon Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna see season three, or it's it's just gonna be a child with the blackest eyes you've ever seen. Mm. So um, there's a bit of casting news on Gotham. Uh, Mm -hmm. Raul, I think Raul Castillo of the HBO dramatic comedy Looking is going to be on Gotham as Eduardo Flamingo in the ninth episode of Gotham. He uh, is going to be an assassin. It says uh, he will arrive in truly flamboyant style. He comes armed with a spiked chain. He also has a strong appetite for flesh. He also likes to rock out to the Re- Reverend Horton Heat, Gingillette, and the Polecats as he represents himself as Gotham's first rockabilly assassin. Oh, that's terrible. So, no hope, I say. No hope of getting away from this freaking cartoon shit. Yeah, you say freaking cartoon shit, and I say really entertaining uh, sidebars. Like, I don't resent Zardon. Me and him are cool. I thought that was hilarious. It was hilarious. But we said, we on our review, you said it was bad. It was it so was bad. It was patently poor, but it made me laugh. I have to give it that. Okay. It qualified squarely as entertainment. Now, Bruno Heller, uh, by the way, by called the way, it. Does y'all. he not sound like a rejected idea for Lobo? He does. He sounds like the person who would have created Lobo or something. <laughs> It's like a, a version of Lobo before Neil Adams look, looked at it and went, oh, come on, kid. Let me show you some things. 
Now, yeah, uh, Bruno Heller has has said, Court of Owls, we are absolutely going to explore that world down the line. Looking at the longevity of the show, we have to hold some cards back. Mm-hmm. We can't just throw all, all of the elements, all of the story at once. The long arc of the show is Bruce Wayne's journey of discovery down into the depths of the physical and metaphysical world of Gotham. Mm-hmm. The Court of Owls is a brilliant conceit that will absolutely, absolutely be part of our storytelling. I just won't tell you when. So, called it. Yeah, I kind of wish we had a called it song, but we don't. We don't have a called it song. We'll just have to be, you know, openly proud anyway. We're just going to have to take this, you know, five, six seconds of our podcast to sound like the comic book versions of Rush Limbaugh. Right. Right. (laughs) As our listeners will remember, we called this, oh, it was probably three weeks ago. Yeah. Ugh. (laughs) Yeah. Hurt to do, didn't it? It did a you little feel dirty. Bit. You feel a little dirty. It, yeah, I, yeah, I do. I'm not used to being that conceited. I know, and I, I, I've lost the agility <laughs> to pat myself on the back. So we're gonna be short that sound effect as well. <laughs> All right. So that's our news for the week. Did you have anything else? Nah, man. I mean, um, you're voting funeral on that that Amel and Gustin pick too, right? I'm definitely voting funeral, man. Did you want to um, go one further and try to vote who who they're? Uh, Oh, well, um, mm. it's hard to say because it's, it is hard to say to me because Barry is there, but I'm going to say it's either Ronnie Raymond or Quentin Lance. Mm, That's a tough call. And it, you you have to find which character is, um, which character exists between the shows pretty well. Well, importantly, Barry does know Quentin Lance. He does. He does. I briefly wondered if it would be a flashback to a scene of Eddie's funeral. It might be Eddie's funeral. That's a good call. I hadn't considered that. That's. But he says it's a game-changing scene, so... <sighs> yeah, but Amel is kind of a dick that way sometimes, so... <laughs> yeah, but, the, you know, Eddie, know. that that game changed already. We know. We, we, eh. Yeah. Uh, we don't think it's Felicity, though, right? Too early. I don't think it's Felicity. Wait. Um, yet. Now, if <laughs> if she goes out, you've seen the the one shot in the promo where she's she's got a that's a, that's an SMG or some shit machine gun she's got. Yeah, um, just spraying, pray, man, spraying. It's great. Oh man, mm-hmm. it, it's I was so proud, made me laugh. It was wonderful. If uh, she <laughs> goes out all Scarface style like that, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not sure I will, but I mean, I'll take it. But I'm not sure I'll be happy about it. I won't be happy about if it in any one, case. But at least that's like, gonna be oh, a wow. Didn't see that coming. At this juncture, like there are any number of characters that I would be happy to see go. Quentin Lance um, near the top of your list. Felicity is not really one of those, but you know, if they if they if they shuffle her off into the darkness, I I hope that they actually give her a good uh, farewell that she actually you know does something well or yeah sure. does something the right way and you know that it means something no it'll it'll definitely if they if it's her they get rid of it'll definitely mean see i don't think they will get rid of her though just because it's she's too useful for telling certain parts of the story plus if you kill her it's like turning the last light off in a room but it's going to be a completely dark show at that point but quentin lance if they kill him it's like turning a light on right so you know hoping for that finally take a towel and undampen your face and look around a bright room <laughs> Yeah. All right, we're going to jump over to some fan feedback. Maybe it's a funeral for Quentin Lance's American accent. That would oh. be a game changer. Mm. I th- it might be a funeral for Quentin Lance's relevance on the show. <laughs> that happened somewhere in season two, man. It wasn't a big <laughs> scene, but it happened, I promise you. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to jump over to fan feedback, I guess. Um, a few weeks ago, I said at the top of one of our news episodes that I wanted to bring the phrase jive turkey back into the mainstream lexicon. Mm-hmm. And then our friend Brandon wanted to bring back the word daddy-o. We've mm-hmm. got, well, and Jason then retorted, and I believe it was somewhat sarcastic, that he wanted to bring back nothing doing. Right. Was it actually sarcastic? No. I, I've been using that phrase regularly as a kind of social Fair experiment. Fair enough. You actually have. I've seen you do it. But yeah. I didn't know if it occurred to you after. Um, well, my girlfriend, Bethany Johnson, wanted to let us know that she wants to bring back give them what for but she does note that one must shake their fist in the air while saying it i I imagined her doing that actually when you said that she did yeah so (laughs) i don't know any other way to do that problem is there's not a good emoji for put your hand in the air 
I mean, we can. Uh, they they have an emoji for poop. They can figure it out. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm afraid <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna look like all Hal Hitler if they try. It's gonna look weird. No, Hal Hitler is a hand not fisted. So <laughs> just afraid you're not gonna be able to get the <laughs> definition you need out of the arm. <laughs> That'll be hammed up. Pretty I don't quickly. know, Matt. I'm in support. I do completely agree with her that you can't, uh, uh, short of uh, short of some strange circumstances, it it makes no sense to say give him what for without balling a fist at someone. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta ball the fist, man. It, I'm also a huge fan of the phrase, uh, "I'm gonna box your ears." Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, boxing your ears—that's a fun. Yeah, uh, if I if I have success with nothing doing, I'm going back for nothing could be simpler. Oh well, let's do that then. Yeah, everyone. Not? Let's bring back the the language of our of our ancestors. I guess I don't know. <laughs> it's the you know language of everyone's <laughs> old racist grandfather, probably. But whatever, some good phrases came out there. Yeah, we can keep yeah. that part. Now, um, over to our Gotham premiere episode, our uh, our our review of the first episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Don Elizabeth Murray on Facebook says, "I'm not gonna lie, I was disappointed with the season premiere." Sure. And, you know, we, we we were to some degree, but, you know, there was some good stuff in there. There was. And uh, Joshua Laverty says, uh, and Stephen Trudeau both agree that they thought that uh, Cameron Monaghan did a good job being Joker. I'm with them. They, they don't seem to be, they don't seem to at all have any, neither one of them actually seem to think that there is any question that he's the Joker. Joshua See, says not. no doubt that's who he is with the personality and Steven says he was just, he was the Joker. He did a good job being Joker. So they're not they're not really necessarily buying this this proto Joker I I sense. I I'm I'm not going to completely buy it myself until I've seen it, but um I don't know. I am still leaning towards it. And you can't tell with time frames here. You can't tell with um who could be whom cuz uh, look at the age difference on it. Uh, what do you say this Jerome mm-hmm. kid is about 17, 18? Do they say at some point? Uh, he, he he looks like he's about eighteen, about 18? nineteen years old, maybe. He's seventeen. Uh, I would doubt. It. I doubt he's underage. I I think he'd have to be eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, young adult, technically, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know, Bruce is uh, probably early thirteen in the show. Well, um, yeah. You know, if Jerome had a kid, you know, you could see Batman fighting a thirteen-year-old. Um, a, a Joker that's got 13 less years on him. And you could also mm-hmm. see him fighting, you know, a Jerome that's got five years on him. Sure. I've never even really considered their ages, I don't think. Well, I, I'm only using it as a starting point because even in the, the timeless realm that is Gotham, there still has to be mm-hmm. some, it has to be, I don't know, it's got to be a kind of a fair fight. And surely they're going to be relatively evenly matched as far as age. It, they won't play on screen as though there is a difference in their age. Which right. means that anything within the range right now, like if Jerome had a kid somewhere in the next year, um, that could easily be uh, the one. Um, if he took up anyone that's, it, if he finds like an eight-year-old somewhere and starts mentoring him, I'm going to use that term very loosely. Uh, it yeah. could it could be him. There's no reason it has to necessarily, I guess, be Jerome. And the producers have been very cagey about what they're up to and pre-embryonic joker was the actual phrase they used um which man if anything says this is the guy that donates sperm to the joker that phrase does it um <laughs> i don't know i i completely agree with him knowing how he's playing it i'm just not entirely sure we're uh we're quite seeing the uh the man himself yet yeah i i swear man if if bruno heller's big plan is to uh <laughs> just have jerome go in and taint a gotham sperm bank at some point <laughs> I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> I'm gonna be pissed. Mm. Like, oh yeah, I mean, sure, that's something the Joker would do. Yeah, but there's very little <laughs> you can imagine that he wouldn't do. I mean, we're talking about a guy who once tried to get a yeah. patent for a fish with a smile on it. Mm. <laughs> All of his craftiness and and worldly ways, and he didn't know how a patent office worked. Right. That poor clerk. God. <laughs> I like the Joker fish story. <laughs> <laughs> it's timeless. Um, so uh, Mike Woodard uh, mm-hmm. left us uh, left us a note. He says, "Hey guys, this is Charles Charles McFall's producer uh, over at the Giant Size Team Up Network. You guys do good work. I love the show. So they do too, that was really way. nice. Huh. Hmm. They do too, by the way. Who does too? <laughs> They're the good work over there. The producer side, probably, yeah, in particular, yeah." Yeah, yeah. 
Oh man. So I'm I'm sorry. Like I don't want to be a jerk about this comment. I don't know how to answer it. Uh, Grant Robinson, in reference to Gotham, says, "When is it on Channel 5? And I felt like I didn't want to leave him hanging, but I don't know how to answer that question because oh, I don't yeah, know where his Channel 5 is. Yeah, I, was I don't hoping, know where he is. Um, this is where we get completely lost uh, because <laughs> Channel 5, I'm pretty sure, is reference to a British broadcasting term. Is it? I'm. I think so. I think I think that's a uh, UK situation over there, which means I cannot help in any capacity. I mean, I understand the the yeah, I understand the concept, you know, or the or the like. I I've known people who are just like, oh, when does that come on Channel Twenty? And, I'm, and that's here, and I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. what, um, what? Yeah, I, I well, which one's Fox? Is that Channel Twenty? I don't know. I wanted to help, but uh, yeah, there was no. There was no way. And he's, it seemed very urgent. I understand the urgency, because he put two question marks. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, I wanted to help, but we were impotent. Yeah. Impotent. Um, so, Jacob Raspberry, uh, one of the guys that do the entertainment roundtable with, uh, mm-hmm. says that he could totally see Nathan Fillion as Booster Gold. Sure. And it's basically, he, he says it's basically the same. A blind man see Nathan Fillion as Booster Gold. Yeah, he says it's basically the same as Captain Hammer, right? From Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog, and uh, he also says that he would totally watch it if uh, if Alan Tudyk was Skeets. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So we got that was guy uh, in our corner. It's a man after my own heart, right there. <laughs> we see. Yeah. We ran into this problem though when we were doing our like fantasy cast of of like mm-hmm. okay, well, Affiliate did Booster Gold. That was that was an idea I had too. It was like, well, Tudyk has to be Skeets. There's no getting around that. Yeah, um, it's tough. Because, and I, I'll, I'll say this, outside of Tudyk being Skeets for Fillion, there's no world in which I don't want Billy West to be Skeets, but hey, Raven the Bolt's right. Um Right. It, then we ran into, though, very quickly, like, who the hell would be Ted Cord? Yeah, in that reality, who would be Ted Cord? Yeah, That's I mean, out of the, like, Whedon, especially the Firefly realm, there wasn't really much to deal with. I mean, we didn't, I mean, I'm, I don't think, I don't think Baldwin can pull off Ted Cord. No, but Sean Mayer might. Sean Mayer might, but hmm, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. He tends to get... It's a tough world we live in. Yeah. Every time I've seen him, he tends to get <laughs> killed relatively quickly. He doesn't have a lot of, like, long-lasting gigs anywhere right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, I, um, at some point, I suggested, like, we could go completely the other direction with it and um, have it be... Uh, I, forgot, I forget the woman that played Zoe, but... Um, oh, I forget oh, her name. Um, She's doing a great job on Suits, too, and I still forgot her name. Um, but yeah, yeah you uh, use her instead and let mm. it be, uh, like Ted Cord's wife or something. Mm, that'd be weird. I don't think I could do that with a Tudic booster. Or, mm. be a, little or too a Tudic Skeets. You. Uh, yeah, that might be too much. Oh, uh, the intercross. That'd be weird. Mm. That'd be weird. Now, um, uh, last week we did our, uh, Flash season two, what to expect, uh, episode, and mm-hmm. we got into a little bit of conjecture. And we were talking about how it would be a missed opportunity um, mm-hmm. if they didn't bring in the 90s Flash to some some big degree and actually make it canon. Uh, we received a, a couple of different messages from Scott Madison, I think his name is, or Matson. Um, he says they're missing, and this is, listen closely, this is amazing. He says they're missing a huge opportunity if they don't do the following. By the way, major balls on this dude. For he's just like, nope. This is how. This is the script. This is how it's got to go. And I can't yes. disagree with him. Wrote it in script form. I saw that. And um, <clears throat> yeah, good job. Season two finale. After the defeat of Zoom, Barry is hurled into an alternate reality where he gazes about to see a perfect recreation of the 1990 Flash series, Central City, full of neon Art Deco and old school style cars. Still mm-hmm. confused, he hears what we recognize as the speed sound from that show and looks up to see The Flash. CW Flash says, who are you? 90s Flash says, who are you? CW Flash removes his mask. I'm Barry Allen. 90s Flash says, that's impossible. I am Barry Allen and removes his mask to reveal John Wesley's ship. CW Flash says, dad? Credits. <laughs> see you next season, bitches. No, I mean, we, we, we did respond privately. Or actually, I think, yeah, we did respond privately to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we pretty much saw it at the same time. We're both admins on the Facebook page. We res- we basically just called each other and giggled wildly about this for right. yeah, it several minutes. fucking great is what it did. Th- there's like, only how one can al- we get this dude? There's only one alteration I wanted to make to it. 
Because there's a oh. lot of stuff I want to do. Is like I just want to write the rest of the next episode after that. Um, mm-hmm. But I can't go down fanfic hole right now. Um, fanfic not- hole. <laughs> it's very similar to the flash hole, by the way. It is. Um, <laughs> lots of things come out of it, and they don't mean it's anything. the gigantic singularity singularity hovering over our lives, as opposed to Central City. Right. Just as dangerous. <laughs> Next thing I know, you're drawing pictures of Bender and Amy having sex, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd not, but hey, okay. But they're out there, so someone out, someone made it that far down the hole. Yeah, someone. Uh, <laughs> someone. Wink. Not I. I'd know. I've uh, seen your sketches of naked Leela. <laughs> <laughs> Those were private. Um... <laughs> No, the one alteration I wanted to make to it was that, and this is because I've, I've, we've been trying diligently uh, to watch the Flash '90s series, which is, as we've explained, kind of terribly, terrible, 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 terrible. Um, but All something that happens things. with it is, uh, see, in his scene, Barry Allen, our Barry, uh, well, young Barry, is the one that actually pulls his mask off first. I don't think it would go down that mm. way exactly. Just take, just take that one part and reverse it, because I think it would be him. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be this, the 90s Flash guy. Because, man, I, I'm about halfway th- or I'm a little over halfway through it, which actually makes me very proud because this has been hard. But he just demasks himself at every opportunity. He does. Every, <laughs> I, like, every three episodes, he starts to say, like, oh, man, it's really great to not to not need the mat. And a couple of occasions, yeah. someone stopped him. Like, whoa, 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 don't take that off. Don't take that off. I don't need yeah. to know. I don't want to know. Oh, yeah. So he sees a supervillain, he goes, hello, Fred, and takes off his mask. My dad hates me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think there's a chance that it would be, I, I guess in that scene it would be, you know, who are you? Well, who are you? Um, and then 90s Flash just reflexively pulls his mask off. I'm Barry Allen. Well, I'm Barry Allen. Dad's not, you know, it, you just reverse the reveal on it. But Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I believe you told me last night that you were you were willing to offer Scott something. Oh yeah, hmm. I remember there being a fifty dollar bet. But shoot, yeah, you, you you remember it better than I do at this point. I had a long night. Uh, I believe you're you're. Uh, <laughs> I believe you said that you were going to give. You'll just give him fifty bucks if they actually do that scene. Oh, that's right. That was right. <laughs> this is a fifty to zero dollar bet. This is literally free yeah. money. I will send this man $50 if he's writing to do that. Period. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Nothing on the table. No stakes whatsoever. For, Which, you know. you know, our Facebook page is proof. So he might, you know, just forego the $50 or use the $50 to try to retain a lawyer. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Take, yeah. Just take the $50 and apply it towards some sort of um, copyright law. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um,. Now the same guy Scott uh, Scott Madsen he um, he actually also dropped us a, a private line um, he said very nice things about our podcast so thank you for the nice words uh, it feels a little feels feels a little dirty to actually just you know say all the nice things if that makes any sense I don't I, know why but I, it does it just feels awkward but, uh, but um, we appreciate the fuck out of them thank you yeah he says some very nice things about the show and us and um, he says. In reference to the What to Expect Flash episode, he says, With the solid Quantum Leap mention from the Flash What to Expect episode, I'm going to have to drop a mention of you on my Quantum Leap podcast. Not a joke. One of my four podcasts is actually a Quantum Leap show. Hell yeah, buddy. Um, So, you know what? I I mean, we talked a little more with this guy. This thing is called, uh, his Quantum Leap show is not out yet. It's called uh, Remote Patrol. Oh, boy. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is a part of the Simply Syndicated Podcast Network. If you guys want to keep up with that, you can go to simplysyndicated.com. He's got four different shows. He has Simply Syndicated Movie News, which actually starts about, um, oh, he says 4 p.m. Eastern Standard on Saturdays. They record live, and you can go into the chat room. Um, And coming soon is going to be Remote Patrol, oh boy, which is the Quantum Leap Podcast. They've got White Star White Star 5, which is a Babylon 5 show, which is coming back soon. And the Tilting at Windmills podcast, which is a solo show that's Mm -hmm. apparently coming soon. Um, So keep an eye out on that guy. He seems to have a really good grasp on, well, just the kind of shit we'd love to see in these types of shows. Mm -hmm. So 
Scott, thank you very much for uh, for the mention on your on your podcast, and uh, you'll you'll also be able to find him. We're going to put up a link in our friends of the show section on dconscreen.com. Sure. Oh yeah. We actually also might uh, have him on an episode in the future. Apparently, he's expressed interest in, in being a guest on the show. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got no problem. With it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you though. We have no real plan. We have no real plans. Up. We have, yeah, we have no real plan about that. Um, we actually do hope to start bringing in guests uh, in the future. Um, not for every episode, because I think, uh, you know, our, well, I, I just like our chemistry. Just, just us. But, you know, I do, I would, I wouldn't at all mind and would actually like to have a third party pop in every now and again. It'd be yeah. a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised we made it through the summer without guests of any kind, but. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually a little surprised that we haven't had a Matt Carroll pop in or <laughs> Yeah, like Matt and Jeff should have been over at this point by now, but we never got around yeah. to it cuz again, we're terrible. Yeah. Well, it's not because we're terrible. It's like Matt is incredibly busy. Matt has not like they uh, Matt Carroll over the Cinematic Universe podcast that we mention every week at the end of the show. Um they've actually been a little staggered in their release of, of their show because Matt's got like four or five bands. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them have kind of blown up in a good way, like in like locally, and uh, well, I guess I should say in the tri-state area, right. from what he tells me. But um, yeah, he's just been seriously busy. So yeah, it's been it's been tough going trying to get uh, something together with those guys over because we would love to guest over the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast as well as we we love Marvel as well. Mm-hmm. But anyway. I think that's going to wrap it up for this show. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Nah, man. No. No, we uh <laughs> we got we got pretty far around. We did. We did. Um god, there's so much stuff coming up in in the the coming weeks. Uh what what the hell do we have? We have the 90s flash review, which oh my god. Yeah, and we are look, we are going to rip that apart. I you know, I I've, I've already told you this. It's kind of so obviously bad that it's almost not I, I, God, it, it feels like trying to punch a kid with glasses. Oh, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. I, well, I went there instead. I don't know why. Maybe I'll I was thinking it was. Show. I was thinking it was. It's gonna. It's gonna be like you know. I don't know. Going to the Special Olympics and throwing rocks. I don't know. It's, it's just. It's bad. <laughs> nothing near that. Uh, nothing near that grand. Really, it, it. It's not necessary. It's just. It's. It's a poorly done show, which is a damn shame because there are there are a couple parts that are actually a lot of fun about it, but it is a poorly, poorly executed show. Yeah, it is mini level. And, and you um, know, I'm not, hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not one who uh, criticizes the show for its lack of special effects. I mean, I'm an old school Star Trek man uh, we're, fan. We're Doctor I mean, Who fans. Yeah, I mean, come on. Point, that's, that's, point taken, right? Uh, I mean, hope so. I hope. Clearly, we're Everyone not going to give you too much shit if the story's good. I mean, hell, I'm a Quantum Leap fan. I right. mean, they grew up on that shit. They known for their special effects. Stuff aired at 4 <laughs> o'clock every day on Sci-Fi Channel, and so help me God, I was sitting there at 4 o'clock every day on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Watching oh. my syndicated little heart off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. And it's not even the 80s aesthetic, because, I mean, as previously mentioned, Quantum Leap. You have a guy with a light-up Christmas tie every episode, pretty much. I mean, this guy looks like the jackass that comes to the office Christmas party. Yep, already drunk. Uh, but yeah, so there, there are very, <laughs> there's some problems with the Flash. We'll get into that later. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, we have a lot of new shows coming up, uh, a lot of new uh, season premieres and stuff to talk about. Some what to expects to get in there, and we're gonna yeah, we're I mean, gonna be no. busy for a while. Yeah, we're, we're we're getting into the part where it's just it's uh, free sailing. The winds are high. Like I'm We've going got... cool hand Luke on this shit. Like I'll be prepping for one of these shows and just kind of look over and take off my first shirt and go taking it off, you boss. There's no <laughs> boss. But I swear to God, I hear someone go take it off to a drag line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my only fear is that we'll have a problem with communicating. No, that's actually probably a person that hides in your home, <laughs> sleeps there. It happened to some yeah, guy in Japan. It was really creepy. A little girl oh, lived really? in a closet in his, his house for a year. A little oh, my a God. Year. He kept noticing shit was, this... was a little bit different every now and then, but thought it was crazy. And eventually, he actually installed cameras and took a look. And he's, like, sitting in a room watching 
the footage and and realizes that she's in a closet and then he kind of realized oh crap and i'm in this house right now it was like the the classic you know the call's coming from inside your home but yeah that should oh actually happen to, some, to a, not a real human that is that is terrifying well, he did her some good, though. She was homeless, and she kind of wandered in and, and realized if she just stayed in the closet, she could eat. Wow. So, so she was just, just a little girl. It was just a little girl. Yeah, I think it was like a teenage girl or something. Okay. Well, you have to think, like, if there was like a... She experienced at least one birthday during the time she was there. Oh, jeez. You'd yeah, have to think, though, like, like a, if it was like a... to the closet for that little candle. If the girl was young enough, watching that footage had to be like watching, like, The Ring or some shit. That's what, that's what happened know? to me. Like, I was... It, it's just like, oh felt like somewhere between the ring and paranormal activity either way i know this i don't care where i am in my home if there's a window i'm diving the fuck out of that window second floor (laughs) over pavement i don't care i'm just gonna run towards the window and go "Ah," and dive and run in your home if it's in your home someone's got some exploring uh some exploring explaining to do uh (laughs) you have a dog you have a dog who as we've experienced today trying to record this podcast will literally bark at nothing Oh yeah, that would never happen. I, if you had a little girl this guy in your was house, not a pet owner, <laughs> or he paid no attention to what his, his, his animals were up to. They just they just yeah, always oh, sniffing man. this one cabinet, and he thought they were absolutely the dumbest beasts he's ever owned. Why are they always sniffing that? Cabinet? Yeah, it's weird. Oh man, we gotta wrap this up so badly. We need to wrap this up. Uh, thank you for listening. We are DC on screen. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher and DCOnScreen.com. If you are so inclined to check out the Marvel, I don't know, movies, TV shows, all those Marvel stuff they have out, well, our buddies Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall. The Marvel equivalent of what we do. If it got on a screen, they'll try to cover it. Yep. Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, mcucast.com. We are a part of the Giant Size Team-Up Network, and um, we will see you guys next week. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.